Hey everybody, welcome back to Grotential. We are so glad you are joining us today. Grotential is the podcast where as we grow and learn, we want to share with you in hopes that you can grow and learn along with us. I'm Sarah and I'm with my dad, Doc. How are you today? I'm just fine. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to do it a little different today. So I am um, going to be talking about some of the things that I've seen in you and just ask you a little bit about it. So we're not as uh, routine here today. We're we're breaking the routine a little bit. But one of the major things that I have witnessed as you as not only my dad, but as a leader of the church is you are a leader with influence. And we know that's really what leadership is, right? influences everything. We learned that from Maxwell. That's right. And so what I'd like to know today is I'd like to break it into three different areas that I've really seen you excel at. But I think every single person has the power to influence their home, influence their workplace, influence their friendship group, influence the people around you. And you have been a man of deep confidence And so one of the very first things I think about influence is really knowing yourself and knowing it in the kind of way where you walk with confidence. Can you tell me a little bit about where you get your confidence from and what that's looked like in your life? Uh, Nobody is confident in everything. (laughs) I mean, you put me on a basketball court and I am (laughs) as uh, lost as I can be. So I get my athletic ability from you is what you're saying. but we can be very confident in the areas where uh, uh, we fully focus. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think confidence is a um, uh, it's a, it's an expression of a belief. Mm-hmm. It, uh, confidence is what believing something looks like. Uh, and and I don't mean uh, I mean believing to the core of your being. Right. So you uh, 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 you can be confident where you believe to the core of your being that uh, God has called you, uh, that God is uh, guiding you, that the Holy Spirit is prompting you, that the truth of the Scripture is compelling. Uh, we get we lose our confidence when we start to vacillate. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm not really sure if I'm called. Uh, I, I'm not really sure if I, I'm in the right place. Uh, okay. That's second guessing ourselves. So I mean, everyone is going to have times in their life where that is a reality, where maybe you took a hit, or um, something didn't work out the way you had thought or planned discouragement sets in so when you think about some of the the landmines that you've hit in your own life how did you work through that like how did you remain confident maybe even in the failure Uh, I I believe that you just retreat to the solid center. Yeah. You retreat to uh, who is God? What is my relationship to him? Uh, uh, I didn't call myself. He did call me. (laughs) I'm doing this in obedience to his will. 
uh, I retreat to the core center and, uh, uh, where the life of God is. Yeah. Uh, and then when that gets refreshed, uh, it just all feels different. You know, I think about how you've led in our home, how you've led in the church, and this confidence was always, it was like a safety net for the people around you. You know, it was like, okay, if he believes we can get through it, we can do it. And so I do think one of the very first things when you're thinking about being a person of influence is really knowing who God made you to be. Yes. I heard somewhere, and I'm not sure I never checked it. I don't know the math. I'm terrible at math, but everyone knows what the 100 hours rule. If you spend 100 hours doing something. 10,000 hours. 10,000. Okay. Wow, I was way off. (laughs) Okay, here's, so I heard if you spend 20 minutes a day, in one year, it's 100 hours. (laughs) Is that wrong? Am I going to have to delete this whole piece out of here? Not really sure. (laughs) We'll have to get out our calculators. Okay. The crew's checking the calculator for me. 20 minutes a day. So you're at 121 hours hours at the end of the year. And if you're consistently doing this year after year after year, you are an expert. You're better than 95% of people in the world at this one thing who aren't doing the 20 minutes yes. a day. Okay. That was a really messed up way of getting to my point. If our confidence comes in the rock of who God is, not necessarily in what who we are, but who he is, if we're spending 20 minutes a day with him, what will that do for your future? What will that right. do for the people around you? And what will that do for you? how influential you are in the world? It's awesome. I mean, yeah. It's uh, it's at the core of what we call devotions. Yeah. The devotion time you have every day. Yeah. The quiet time you have, uh, searching the scriptures, praying, uh, quieting your heart before God, uh, seeking equanimity. Yeah, which we're going to get to in a minute. Because I think with equanimity, when we have the confidence of who God made us to be, you can lead with a vision that you feel proud of. And that's something that is I love being a part of with our church. We never lead out of need or leave out, lead out of fear. It's the exact opposite. Yes. We've always led with the vision of who God has called us to be, the hope of what life could look like, the hope of what God's doing in the church or in the world, the hope of not where your family's at right in this moment of pain or hard, but what it could be. And so you lead with vision. How do you get a clear vision for your life? Well, I believe it's it's a gift of God. He works in us. Uh, I've never seen an angel. I've never seen a glow of light. But I honestly believe that God has caused me to think certain thoughts. Yeah. When uh, we were uh, trying to build our first uh, phase one, uh, we had a bunch of architects and I couldn't draw the building, but I could say, this is not it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not it. Yeah. And when um, uh, David Krebs showed up with the drawing, I could say, yes, this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, so vision is, um, uh, it is a God given 
gift, but it's also, um, uh, it takes homework. Yeah. So, uh, vision doesn't, in my experience, vision doesn't drop out of the sky. Right. It is the result of having spent time with God, having done certain studies, having learned certain things, and then the Holy Spirit puts that together with who we are, and it dawns on us, with God's blessing, we could do this. Yeah. I heard a pastor once talk about it this way. He said, you have more vision for your vacation, for packing for your vacation than you do in your life. He's like, you can imagine what outfit you are going to wear to the beach or what outfit you're going to wear on the whatever excursion it is. And he talked about it in the kind of way of sitting with God and just imagining what could be. If, if you get to choose the one life you get to lead with God, what could it really be? And spend some time writing it down. Right. You got, it's, it's a, if you don't write it down, it's not a vision. It's a hope. Yeah. Okay. So it's a wish. So the vision then drives everything. The vision is I'm walking in confidence with who God made me. I'm looking ahead of what I believe God wants to do in the world. I'm partnering with him. And then one of the most influential things when I think about this confidence, like I said, it's a safety net for the people around you. You brought up the word equanimity. Can you define that? You used it in a sermon once and I, I think it's in the Ryan Holiday book, but I'm not 100% sure. The stillness is the key. But yeah. So equanimity uh, comes from Latin and it turns out it means equal minded, but we bring it over into English as something like uh, an internal calm. Yeah. Uh, the ability to uh, still yourself on the inside. Mm-hmm. When uh, things are uh, chaotic on the inside, outside, the, the capacity to find balance and calm on the inside. Mm-hmm. And it all, I believe, is rooted in that relationship with God. I do too. too. I I remember when COVID hit and there's a leadership team of four of us or five of us. And, um, there was like an uncertainty in the world. Everyone felt it. Um, but as the church, it was like, people weren't going to be able to come. That had never really happened in the history of the church. And there were moments of like, Oh, what are we going to do? And I remember witnessing your equanimity in the process this this sense of inner balance of like if we can't have in-person service we're not closing the doors like you had thought about a person who really needed something in this time when the world is crazy you need the church more than ever and uh you couldn't stand the thought if someone came and our doors were closed and so we did parking lot services where we tuned it into a radio station and you spoke on some sort of lift and (laughs) it'll be a memory for the rest of my life. But there was, there was a sense of inner balance of like, I don't know exactly the the right thing to do here, but I do know we are going to move forward and we are going to keep church open. If someone needs to pray, there is going to be a place for them, even if it's outside. Um, and that, that creates a future for the people around you. Yes, it does. That creates a hope for the people around you. And in the influential mindset, talk to me about how you keep going to, like you've talked about it, that recentering, that 
in those moments where the world is crazy or your life hasn't been, you know, in the easiest moments, how do you get to that equanimity? Um, I'm, I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a three-step process, you know. Yeah. Uh, I do know there. I I do know there are times I have to, I have to stop. I I, I know there are times I just have to stop, and uh, I say things like this to God. Uh, I don't, I don't have anything to offer right now, but I'm here. Yeah. If if you want to if you want to work through me in some way, I I'm here. Yeah. Uh, I also think uh, uh, talking about the COVID, uh, that was part of that's always been part of the vision of our church. We are a seven day a week church. Yeah. Whether the weather's good or the weather's bad, uh, we've never closed the church once for a bad weather day. Right. We say if you can come, come. If you can't, watch don't online. Bother. Yeah. Uh, but we've never closed on a bad weather day. It's part of um, it's part of how we define ourselves. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, we were just living out our values. But it's interesting. I think what fascinates me is we're not all made up of the same stuff. No, we aren't. And so when you think of that as a value, other people might not. Other people might think, well you know, you're the church anywhere you go. And that's a beautiful idea, right? I believe it too, that we are the church. It's not just the building, but um, we're not all made up of that. And I think you can learn more of it. I think that courageous podcast that you and Chet did has some really helpful tools in there. So you've actually done this in a lot of our staff meetings or a lot of the meetings where maybe things weren't moving in the right direction where you said, let's stop right now and let's pray. Yeah. Let's, we don't do anything without inviting God into it. So really every piece of this confidence has come from the assurance of who God is. Yes. The equanimity, the vision, the confidence, it is all a piece of your trust in who God is not yeah. necessarily in you. No. Is that fair? That is fair. Uh, you know, I've told you stories. Uh, when I was a teenager, no one picked me to be the person that God did all of this with. Yeah. And I'm very, very aware that God could have picked anyone and done awesome things through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I've always had this sense that because he picked me, I got to can't I don't want to be Saul I don't want God to regret hmm. that he chose me and gave me this opportunity yeah and uh I feel it viscerally Sarah mm-hmm. that I I've I have to uh I have to be solid because God could have given anybody this opportunity mm-hmm. and he gave it to me yeah yeah the act of like the humility in that you yeah. know, there is like a humbleness of being chosen. Yes. That is beautiful. And that is very, very clear in your leadership style. The influential mindset. All right. The next thing I've seen in you is that you truly want to add value. It's not that you just feel like there's a, a vision and a mission from God, but it's 
the vision and the mission part of it is adding value to the people around you, the people who are saying yes to this adventure with God. I mean, even this podcast, a big piece of it is we just want to add value. We want to add value. And um, where did you learn that from? Is that something that's innate in you? Or is that something that somewhere along the way someone taught you? I, I'm, it's not innate to me. Um, uh, I, in fact, I have a tendency, I have to work on myself to say, this is where we're going uh, everybody who wants to come, come. If you don't, stay. Yeah. I mean, that's my natural tendency. Yeah. Uh, but I have learned you can't get there by yourself. Yeah. And in fact, uh, the Great Commission is uh, uh, don't go and be a uh, lone wolf. The Great Commission is to go make disciples. That's right. You know. Yeah. And the church... Uh, can have the greatest vision in the world. But if we're not making disciples and we're not uh, helping people find their spiritual gifts, and, and if we're not connecting them in the right ministries, good things don't happen. Yeah. It requires, and even when we, re, even when they come to Christ and they learn their spiritual gift and they get connected to a ministry, they still have to be nurtured. Mm -hmm. They still have to be uh, challenged they, they still have to be fully developed. Yeah. And that's what the church is supposed to do. Yeah. In Ephesians, uh, Paul said, uh, our job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I'm grateful for is your style of teaching me. Like we're, I'm learning theology from you right now. And you'll talk about uh, it's systematic theology. So it's a way of systemizing it and making it easy to pull the from. file cabinet so you talked to me about a file cabinet and I literally drew the file cabinet drew the drawers draw because for some reason it sticks better in my mind but your your teaching style you saw it in me and you called it out and there's a personal piece to that where you take time to know somebody when you think about that that seeing something in people what does that take I think just paying attention. Okay, first of all, you want you have to want to. Yeah. Um, I learned early on that the church didn't exist to listen to me preach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, it's pretty good preaching, though. So the church doesn't exist to listen to me preach. Uh, I exist to nurture the life of Christ in the church. Mm-hmm. The church doesn't exist to uh, give me a platform for leadership. I exist to recruit, equip, and deploy godly people for the work of the ministry. And when you define ministry that way, then this is the only option. But it's not just ministry, right? Like it's it's with your family. It's, yeah. I, I often think about people who listen to this podcast or maybe you aren't a leader, right? Maybe you don't have the title, but here's the beautiful thing about influence is influence is influence yes. and you can lead up. You can lead sideways across the board. You could lead, lead, you know, the people underneath that are, don't have the same title, but here's what I think about influence is 
it can be contagious. Yes, it can. And when you take the time, like you're saying, to be aware, you want to, to be aware and see in others and call it out in them, um, it instills something special in them. Yes, it does. What I've loved seeing is you've been uh, my mentor and I just feel like the luckiest girl. I love this. God did something special these past two years where I've got to be work with you in a, I don't know, bigger way. And uh, one of the, the bright spots for me is I want to learn everything from you. Yes, you do. My biggest heartbeat is I want to honor you and all that you've done, all that. And I just want to come right underneath you and help you. What can I do to help you? That is a big heartbeat of mine. But what you've seen in me has inspired me to take time to see it in others. I commonly won't leave anything without saying to someone, what do you need or how can I help you? And I think it's because it inspires my heart. Yes. And I want to inspire others in the same way. Okay, the last one. You have had um, one of the things I think in a lot of worlds is without clarity, it is hard to move. (laughs) You can move backwards pretty easy, (laughs) but without clarity and without a little bit of energy, it is, um, it's hard to move something forward in a healthy way. Where do you feel like, I feel like every question I'm about to ask, it all boils back down to our relationship with God. Because I'm about to say, where's the clarity come from? It does. I mean, spirituality is our relationship to God. Yeah. I I would like to say this about clarity. Um, I don't have to be able to see the, the final picture. Yeah. I just need enough to know what is the next right step. That's right. Uh, uh, I read a book by Robert Schuler years ago called The Peak to Peak Principle. Mm. And the idea is if you can get yourself in a, in a high place, you can see farther. Mm. Uh, if we get our, if we take the next step and the next step, we get more clarity as we go. Right. If I don't take those next steps, I can, I'm not I'm never going to get the clarity. Yeah, and I would say that's a one of the biggest stumbling blocks for most people. We say we learn our way forward. Yeah. All I have to know is enough to get started mm-hmm. and then we'll learn our way forward. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So something that with clarity become comes movement and then with movement there's decisions. Um something that I'm learning about myself is I, I don't like normal (laughs) and I don't always like thinking within the box, but for some reason I feel like I have to. And so I find myself fighting the urge to think I have to do something a certain way. Like learning, for example, I'm learning very different than probably most of the ordination students are because I am a doer, I'm a listener, I am, um, so I've been trying to find a lot of electronical ways of learning over the bigger books. Yeah. Um, and to me, something feels bad about that, but it's not. No, it isn't. So, with- In fact, it's healthy. Yeah. Uh, you can lead if you're not in the herd. 
Yeah. If you're just running with the herd, you can't lead. But I think I'm like a lot of people where you feel like if you do it a little bit different, it doesn't feel necessarily right or you feel like you're doing it wrong or like I've just learned some people won't even want to talk about certain things because they feel like it's not how it should be done. Um, Like we we used to have a staff member who slept in late, but he worked late at night. Um, Most people would be uncomfortable with that because are talking about that. But that was within his wheelhouse. That's how he worked. I'm a more of a morning person. You're more of a morning person. Um, but you hear like the healthiest people are morning people. So there's just, I don't know, you're saying the herd. I think that's really great. So when you think about the clarity and you think about the movement, how have you had the strength to go towards what you know is right, even if it's against the grain or against the herd? Or does this come naturally to you too? I think I, I can't take a lot of credit for it. It's not like I had to, uh, struggle, uh, uh, I, I grew up in church. Uh, I know how healthy and unhealthy churches look and work. And uh, I, I made a commitment to myself. I was not going to build a church that I didn't want to attend. Yeah. And so when I made my mind up for that, it made it easier for some of these other stuff to say, if we go that direction, I'm not even going to enjoy this church. Yeah. Yeah, I am a big mindset of I want to look at ministry and not just keep doing it the same way. Absolutely. Like a big piece of my heart is how do we change ministry to make it more effective or what has ran its course and how do we rethink it and remodel it, um, rebrand it, the new. Um, Because I do think there is a sense of when you're creating something new, and you're inviting people along with it. They get to feel the wind. They get to feel the yeah. excitement of what's happening. And I feel that in our church in a really big way right now. I, I feel the life of God all over it. And I see the young kids who want to be a part. And I see families who want to start serving and joining. And um, it's just, I don't know, it's really, really very exciting. We're so thankful that you're with us today. I hope that this influential mindset has been helpful for you. If it's been helpful, helpful, we ask that you share it, that you uh, maybe tag us on social media so that other people can watch and grow with us.